and welcome to Grace by Rain, a podcast about the good things in life. I'm your host, Elaine Shercliffe, and today I have another guest. I've Twitter known him for about six months. <laughs> His name is Josh Barlog. So hi, Josh. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is actually the second podcast that I've been on today. So this feels good. This feels really good. I feel important. Uh, yeah, it's a good day. Good day. You're in high demand since you ended your own podcast. I know. Isn't that crazy? People are like, wow, we got to give this guy something to do. So <laughs> we have we'll have, we'll have him on our podcast. We're all just like jonesing for some Josh. Like it's weird not to have you like three to five days a week in my God, ear holes. Yeah, so <laughs> much, so much show, so much show. <laughs> So much show, so much content. I really don't know how you did that, by the way. Like you filled a lot uh, of content. Uh, days in radio. It's just normal. It's pretty normal to me. So now you're working while well, you're writing at On Tap Sports about the Rockford Ice Hogs. So kind of tell me about how you really started to dive into that and um, just how that came about. Yeah, so I, I've actually been uh, sort of a hobbyist writer for for quite some time, like dating back to high school. And for reference, I'm 27. So uh, it's been a minute since uh, since I started writing. But um, I, I've been with, uh, you know, this, these groups or networks, uh, if you will, for, hmm, I don't know, probably maybe five, six years, kind of bouncing, bouncing around. And I joined on tap uh, last year in 2020, like mid pandemic, which was the perfect time to join a, a network who thrives on sports content. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I started writing, uh, writing White Sox content. And, um, you know, when, when the Blackhawks returned, I, I dabbled a little bit here and there. And actually, I mean, it, this isn't like a romantic story as far as the, the ice hogs are concerned. We were having uh, a, a network meeting and I'm like, hey, just curious, like we cover the wolves. How come we don't cover the, the ice hogs? And they're like, do you want to cover the ice hogs? And I was like, yeah, all right, sure. So that's how that started. Uh, literally three days before the season started. So um, that's, that's kind of how that gun um but i mean I, I can give you a background as far as like how i started in sports if if we want to go there uh yeah let's go there so my my entire life i've i've been a sports freak like when i was a kid i i ate slave slept and drank easier for me to say uh <laughs> baseball so i i was this i was huge into baseball i was the kid who used to wear baseball socks to school uh, I was, that was that guy. I was like the guy who looked forward to every sports unit in, in gym. Like yeah. I was, I was that guy, but, um, I, I played baseball and, and basketball up until I was like 18. And then, um, for reasons that I'm assuming we'll get into later, I had to stop doing that competitively. Uh, but I obviously wanted to stay close to the sports that I grew up playing. Um, so I went to school for broadcast communication. I wanted to be a play-by-play -play announcer and, through college, I covered the college teams um, that I was affiliated with. And then I got an internship with the Frontier League Joliet Slammers, um, who for other for reference used to be the Joliet Jackhammers. Uh, so I was their broadcaster for a summer and um, I worked really long hours uh, pretty much every single day of the summer. Um, 
but that's kind of where I started covering teams in a legitimate capacity. Um, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I was never exposed to. And I realized the power of being the news source. Like you have an opportunity to, to lay everything out on the line. And if it's something bad, make it look as good as possible. But if it's something good, you have an opportunity to kind of balloon it a little bit and, and make it into a big deal. So that's where that started. Um, and ever since I like putting words on websites. Yeah. And since we're both covering the ice hogs this season, I feel like maybe we should just take a moment to dive into what's happening in Rockford because I'm not really sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're both covering the ice hogs, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. So if you could enlighten me for just one second. Yeah, no. So, so Rockford, um, you know, Head coach Derek King, when when he did his preseason presser, there was a lot of talk about, hey, listen, I'm going to let these guys make mistakes and we're going to focus on development. And it gave me this trigger of like, OK, so it's just a, it, it's just the Blackhawks B team. Like mm-hmm. it, it, for for Blackhawks fans, we're having an issue swallowing the pill of we're developing these guys now in real time. Um and as the season's progressed so far in the AHL, you're seeing a lot of mistakes. You're seeing a lot of developments. And I think you, for for lack of a better term, you got to embrace the suck. I mean, yes. it, it, <laughs> there are a lot take, of mistakes that yeah, are being you, made, but there are, there are also a lot of positives. Right. And I'm not just mm-hmm. saying this because like I'm affiliated with the Rockford ice hogs now, but like if you really pay attention and you look deeper into the game than just the box score, you'll really see, that there's these young guys, like 18 year old guys yeah. really making a name for themselves and making strides in their careers. And that's exactly what you want to see if you're a Hawks fan. Right. And then you have guys like Cody Franzen, who uh, is a bubble player. Now he's not probably going to be really in the NHL anytime in the future. He's embracing that veteran role of helping mold them into what the Blackhawks want. And he has been involved in just about every positive play this season so far and it Hawks fans are probably going to have a tough time dealing with how things are going when they look at their prospects but if they like you said if they take a moment to look beyond the box score they will see a lot of positives um they'll they'll see a lot of negatives too but they will see enough positives to make them feel better about what the team will become when Kane and Taze inevitably leave which is exactly why they need to go to ontapsportsnet.com and go to the ice hog section. But exactly, no, I mean, really, like it, it, that—that's really why, and and that's why I think, like, I mean, you you know, following teams and covering teams that aren't you know center stage, it's it's a grind. It's not mm-hmm. um, it's not the easiest thing to do, but there's a lot of value in it because you're going to get these diehard fans of of the the major league affiliates who want to know what's going on in in, in the system. And they're they're they want to know what to expect in five years. And that's exactly what covering the American Hockey League does. Right. And it also gives you a good pulse on what's happening currently in the big club. Um, so like for instance, the jackets and the monsters play the same exact system. And I've since learned that the reason why the Chicago Wolves is working so well with their dual affiliates is because those two um those two NHL teams, the Hurricane and 
predators, they play a very similar game and they expect their farm team to play the same way. So, you know, Korchwarasovsky is definitely having not as much of a learning curve because there aren't conflicting ideas. Um, I can't tell with the Hawks, with the Hogs though. Um, I don't know if they're playing the exact same system as the Hawks. It seems very, very watered down. And I don't know if it's because the guys are so young and inexperienced. Yeah, I think um, from what I can pick up, I, I think it's a, it's a bit of a watered down uh, replica of what the Blackhawks are doing. I just think, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of these guys that literally they just came up like they're I mean, these guys were playing in the O last year right? and uh, and like the ECHL and like they haven't played in 365 days. So it's like, look, it's, there's going to be uh, some growing pains. And that's exactly what players like Cody Franzen are there for. Like it's 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 just going to take some time. Um, there's certainly a lot of individual skill on that team. It's just a matter of putting it all together and making sure everybody's on the same page. Right, exactly. Um, and so for those that don't know, um, you are visually impaired and you cover sports. So True. what are kind of like the hills and valley of uh, covering a sport team while you can't experience it the same way as people that are visually unimpaired? Yeah, so I... Um when I started with the slammers, uh, I was, which, okay. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll try and keep this short story story short. But, uh, when I was with the slammers, I had no vision in my left eye and like, I would consider it good vision, but like I wasn't reading street signs. Let's just put it that way. Like if that gives anybody any perspective. Um, so I used a monocle, for uh like covering games and it was um it was pretty powerful for me like it was i mean it, it looked if i gave it to anybody else who had like 2020 vision they'd be like jesus dude I'm like what are you doing <laughs> but like it was enough for me to to call these games and to pick up on things that happened in the dugout and and what have you um uh, that part was uh that part was interesting because i would always i would never get questions but I would always get a lot of stares, like a lot of people, a lot of people just staring at me. I remember actually <laughs> I was covering, um, there, there's a, another broadcaster in for the day when I was with the slammers and I was at the top level with the press and I was, uh, trying to put together a little bit of a, a game recap. And the person who was coming to sing the seventh inning stretch, just a fan was walking behind me. Uh, a little inebriated, I should add, and said, whoa, that's some big font. And I turned around and I was like, uh-huh, yeah, like it is. Like, I, I work for this team. I'm not about to get in trouble. I'm just <laughs> but, like, I, those were the things. And, and it's crazy because if you, like, I've stopped people on like within the Juliet Slammers organization. I've stopped them and, like, explained, like, hey, just so you know, X, Y, Z, and they're completely understanding, but it's almost like the people who like kind of stared and like almost look like they wanted to ask questions were just uneducated. Right. So like, I, that's where I kind of, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just, I'll let it ride. Um, right. See, I'm one of those assholes that would have been like, so 
Tell me well, about what you're doing well, because see, I'm very is, like so nosy. I'm super Well, the thing nosy. is, is, and I, I, I told the general manager when I was there, um, I'm like, Hey, listen, if you have it, if there are any employees, because I'm, I, as a broad, I was everywhere. I was, right. you know, when you're a broadcaster in, in the frontier baseball league, you do everything. So mm-hmm. I was involved in so many different things. And I'm like, listen, if you have employees, if you have scouts, if you have other coaches that have questions, tell them to ask. Like, I welcome those questions because then we're all on the same page. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those people who get offended when people ask me questions. Now it's a different story. If it's like, yo, what's up with the eyes, bro? Then it's like, okay, well, you know, you could have phrased it a little bit different. Like, you know, it is what it is, but I, that's, that's as, as far as that's concerned. Now, if, if anybody has been following me on Twitter um, to going on three years, it'll be three years this November. I, uh, I lost most of the vision of my right eye. So it went from, you know, going to, going to work, working two jobs, living in an apartment, doing the whole thing to being a normal 24, 25 year old uh, to pretty much nothing like stopping work. Um, I had to like learn how to live again, which there's, I mean, still, there are a lot of things that we're, we're trying to figure out, but um, I, then I started writing. So that, that's when that started. I, I really dove into writing a lot more because that was something I could still do. Like I, I didn't need somebody to be like, Oh, okay. Well they, you know, they, it's ground ball, but he took seven steps to his left. Like that really doesn't matter. I can pick up on things from the broadcast and I can put them on paper or a website or a word document and not have an issue. Um, so that's where like the, the writing came in. I really dove deeper into that. I think the, the, the Hills are being able to put out content and like no one thinks any different, mm-hmm. right? Like I, can, I, all these articles, these ice hogs articles and, and post game recaps and, and player features it doesn't say like this article was written by a blind guy. Like it doesn't <laughs> say like there's no disclaimer and no one would think anything of it. Um, the valleys are when people uh, when people like if people find out or they know or whatever, they like all of a sudden treat me like I'm stupid. Right. Uh, when even like, people who watch the game will like fully use both of their eyes, yeah, still don't see you're like, what did you didn't know? No, you're the stupid one. Well, and it's like, you know, li- like, listen, I, I get like th- there are a lot of things like balls and strikes of during baseball. I don't really, I don't argue because it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I argue a lot of other things that I can, I can state the case for, but I know my place. Like I'm not out here just spewing BS just to, you know, fit in with the crowd. Right. Um, but that is a valley the, the, I, I, I found a lot of, of times where if I, um, there are times uh, I'll post a GIF. Like this is, it's one of the coolest stories ever. I call it GIF roulette because on Twitter, if you use accessibility, so my vision solo, I have to use voiceover. And if anybody has never used voiceover, it's one of the most annoying things ever to people who don't need it. Let's just put it that way. Um, if you click on a GIF on Twitter, they have alternate text. So like if it's a, if it's a, if it's like, let's say it's a Patrick Kane GIF, it'll just say Patrick Kane Blackhawks GIF. 
Or it'll say just image because or somebody it, didn't right. fill it out. <laughs> right. So on Twitter, if you go to add a GIF to the tweet that you're publishing, it'll tell, it'll give you that alternate text. Like sometimes they're really, really specific. Like the office, um, um, Steve Carell, sad GIF. And you're like, okay, perfect. This is great for, but sometimes it's like Patrick Kane GIF. Well, Patrick Kane uh, scored a pretty highlight reel goal, not this season, but last season. And I posted the Patrick Kane GIF and it was a congrats on your marriage GIF from Patrick Kane. So my buddy texted me about it. Yeah. My buddy texted me about it and he was dying and he was like, man, it doesn't fit at all, but it's hilarious because I know that you thought that it was something different. So like that stuff, I completely laugh about it. I think it's hilarious. But there's people who don't know, and they're like, God, this guy's an idiot. Like, I didn't sense? know for a while. Like, I, I would watch Natty Nights, and I thought you were wearing sunglasses just to be like, the sun just never sets on a, on a badass kind yeah. of guy. <laughs> and so I would always send you gifts, and you were like, God, you always send me gifts that I hate, and I hate gifts. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand and then one of the other episodes, you said something about being visually impaired. And at first I thought you were joking. <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> and then I was like, oh no. So after that, I made a concerted effort every time that I like tweet you to try and put the alt text in there, or I just don't do one because it does take a long time to do the alt text. So sometimes well, it's so, like- But some of, if you search for the gifts, some of them have, like if you search for a GIF on Twitter, I would say 90% of them already have the alternate text built in. Yeah. That's good so, to know, actually. Sometimes but, when I ran the Canon account, <laughs> I would get really specific and write like a thousand words about what was going on. We do the total alt text limit. And we had this one blind follower who was like, Elaine, I always know when it's you because it gets so aggressive with the wording. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean that is a valley though. It it really is. Like just just being on uh just being on Twitter, I guess in general is like, I mean I don't mind if people know. Sometimes I prefer if people know, but there are also depending on your personality and depending on how you interact with other people on Twitter. Like I may I maybe I prefer that you don't know because the truth is is like I don't know for some odd reason people treat you differently if you have something if you have a disability and it's like listen i'm i like to drink as much as you do okay so like <laughs> let's just let's let's cut the bs and like watch the game or like this is my favorite one i have uh one of the nurses that i i have a lot of interactions with when i go to uh when i go to these doctor's appointments she goes Oh, so did you get to watch? Did you get to listen to, to any sports this weekend? And I'm like, the term is watch. You just, you just say it. Did you watch any games this weekend? I don't get offended. Did you watch? Oh, sorry. No, it, that's how you say it. That's how we talk. Did you watch the game? Yes, I watched the game. Or did I see a TikTok? Yes, I saw the TikTok. Like, stop it. Stop. <laughs> I'm not a snowflake. Okay, I could. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so, um, so. Speaking of kind of like, because it sounds like she's trying to be kind of inclusive and not make you feel like. Yeah, no, yeah. it was it was in, it was from a good place. Right, it was from a good place. Some people do it from a very annoying. 
self-righteous place, but yep. <laughs> hers was definitely yeah. from a good place. What are ways that you think that sports can be more inclusive to those who are visually impaired? Um, you know, I, I think there's sometimes, and, and so I've been as a broadcaster, I think it's, it's tough to, it's tough to keep this in mind, but I use Jason Benetti a lot with the White Sox because I think he's so good at um, describing a lot of things, regardless mm. if they're on camera or not. So, you know, maybe if, I don't know, like the one thing I can think of is like, if there's a ball down the right field line and it's just foul, like there, that's the phrase is it's just foul. And it's like, well, everybody else can be like, I mean, it wasn't really just foul. Like it was fouled by by quite a bit. There's been times where where Jason Benetti will be like, "Oh, if you look at the replay, that's that's just a couple inches." And you're like, "Okay, now I can visualize. It really is just a couple inches away." And then you know the sports mind goes like, "Okay, well, if it was a couple inches the other way, it would have been fair, and that would have been two runs, and we would have been up. Instead, now we got to put this guy in." So like, just describing things a little bit more, I get how that how hard that is, um, because frankly you're not thinking when you're a TV broadcaster or whatever about people who can't see. So honestly, I started listening to the radio. Yeah. And that's the problem with not the problem, but the tough thing about um, minor leagues or um, is that they're doing both. So in Mm -hmm. the AHL, if you're doing the play-by-play it's for AHL TV and it's for the radio. And I think sometimes they forget that it's also on the radio because of the amount of color commentary that goes into it. If there's not a lot going on on the ice, there have been times where I would say driving home from somewhere, trying to catch the beginning of a game. And I'm like, wait, the game was still going on. I, we just literally yeah. did not talk about the game for like five minutes. Um, that's something that I feel people need to be more cognizant of but not just not just in the sense of for people that are visually impaired like there are people who you're listening to it on the radio literally cannot see what's going on yeah (laughs) like to be more descriptive and you know doc emmerich was so great in the sense of description because he used different words to signify different things he he pulled he basically like had a dictionary in his head Mm -hmm. at full and just like kind of flipped through it on the regular and I wish more sports teams did that. Um, but also the social media presence of a lot of sports teams is not inclusive at all for, yeah, for even it for really people does. that are hearing impaired. Like my parents are, um, my mom is basically, she's almost deaf in one ear and about half in the other. And my dad is uh, basically deaf. He has to wear high powered hearing aids to hear us. And, you know, they love hockey, but a lot of hockey teams, they put up videos with no closed captioning and they um, put up, you know, like on TikTok, not, (laughs) yeah, I have TikTok and I show my parents TikToks, but I can't show them everything I want to because they're not going to be able to hear everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I know that hockey is really bad about their graphics on online they will be like, here's a press release. And then I will click on it to see if it's in the alt text, even yeah. before, even before, like I had met you because I know a lot of it. 
I had never really met many um, visually impaired fans of sports until I was full into hockey. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for such a fast paced game, um, that that was like a weird thing to me. But so I always check that because um, there's one girl that follows me on Twitter, Cindy. And she, she said the reason why she followed me is because I described things and I would tweet out a synopsis of what was in that press release. And, you know, the NHL constantly says hockey is for everyone. And I know a lot of that is based on a race thing, but it's also disability wise. And they're very cognizant of those like in sled hockey, but they're mm-hmm. not cognizant of those who have um, disabilities that you can't see. And so yeah, like there's, I mean, oh man, you, the, the press release thing, I can't tell you how many times like uh, writing with writing with on tap is, is amazing because and, and I'm going to take this opportunity to shout everybody out there because the, some of them still don't know that I visually impaired, but the ones who do uh, are the, the guys in charge and the editors. And let me tell you, when I joined them, I'm like, Hey, listen, me finding a featured a featured photo for these any of these articles is just not going to happen. Sorry. No, it's like, not. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and there's there was no question. They're like, hey, no problem. Just let us know when it's done. We'll we'll slap an image on there. No questions asked. So I I know that it's a little bit extra work on their end, but they don't mind doing it. And and if you can translate that to like these these verified hockey accounts or these these baseball accounts, it's like how am I supposed to know what the, what the breaking news is if you release a press release as an image with no alt text? How am I supposed to know? Now I have to scroll through the replies and get context clues. And sometimes <laughs> you get trolls and they're like, wow, I can't believe they traded Jimenez. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but that's not what happened. It's just people being trolls. And it is what it is. But like when they release starting lineups, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the starting lineup is. I have to wait for it to update on MLB.com. So it's like, I think social media is the biggest place that they can, they can make some adjustments. And it really, it's just all text. Like, can you just do that, please? Right. And for doing um, heavily into social media, when the Akron racers, the national professionals fast pitch team was around here in Akron, I, it never crossed my mind, which I, I'm surprised it never crossed my mind considering I was so into making sure that we were okay with the hearing impaired aspect that I never even thought about visually impaired. And I would put up these graphics all the time and people would tweet me and be like, wait, who's the starter? And I'd be like, I literally just tweeted that out, but I'd like still, it's right, re- there. right. But I'd still respond. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, maybe it just didn't show up in their feed. And, um, when I started going more full goal into the monsters, I was like, oh crap it was probably someone who could not read that and I was like a total d-bag for constantly tweeting out gifs and constantly tweeting out these lineups these power like these not these photoshops that they didn't know what the lineup was I mean see the thing is is like I don't take offense to it because I know like I know that it's not a top priority like that's just the way it is right but the thing is is Fan engagement brings money into the team. And so it should be a priority. It no, should it absolutely be. Should, yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
Right. And I know that people, and I hate it when people are like, but we're shorthanded. And I'm like, I worked for a professional softball team in Akron, Ohio, where I ran all the social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, all in one, one game while being the in-game host while dancing on the dugout in between <laughs> innings. I'm like, I know it would have been more work for me to take that time. I wish I had taken it and people have got to stop using excuses and start being like, how can we be more effective with our time? Well, the thing is, okay. So like, here's an idea for. That sounded so aggressive. I'm so sorry. For like, for specifically for like baseball lineups. Okay. Like I get that sometimes it's just, I mean, it's the graphic is cool. What do you need alternative text for? But like, if it, uh, all you need is like blind people aren't stupid. So like, let me just say that blind people are not dumb. So if you did, if you listed the player's name, the player's last name and the, their position and then put a comma and then did it again and again and again and again, we got it. We don't need like number 17 last name. <laughs> and then their position and here's their batting average. Like we don't need all of that. Just give us, the, give us what we absolutely need to know. And then right. we're good. And also, I mean, with baseball, yes, people can figure it out as the game's going on with the lineup is, which is a crappy way to go about it. But with hockey, unless you are physically having your eyeballs on the game, it's really hard to tell what the lines are. And even then, sometimes I don't know what the lines are because some people like to just like coach Q when he was with, (laughs) with the Hawks was famous for being like, Oh, you know what? We're halfway through the game. It's not working. So I'm just going to do a nice little slot machine and pick my lines again. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's another Valley. I would say in, in sports coverage and just watching sports in general is there have been times uh, I just did it on Thursday where People who watch the game see who scores the goal. But the broadcaster might mix up a name or two. Yeah. And I'll tweet out, hey, like, Yetman gets a goal on his birthday. And then it gets changed to Wilkie. And I'm like, well, now I look dumb. And <laughs> to be fair, a lot to be fair, a lot of us thought it was Yetman with possibly Wilkie. <laughs> So, yeah, well, that's the thing. So, so, so like the Valley is, I have to trust the broadcaster. Right. I don't have a choice. I have to trust the broadcaster. And if he's off, I'm off. Right. So that's a Valley. And I'll give you another one. Here's a bonus Valley. And it's not, it's not coverage sports. It's watching sports with people. It's football season. We're all big football fans in this house. If a play happens and you start yelling, I miss it. I miss it. Yeah. I don't know who scored the touchdown. I don't know if it was a pick in the end zone. I don't know if it's a holding call. I don't know what it is because you're too busy yapping <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. You would hate watching the, like if you were a Browns fan and you watched the Browns playoff game with me the whole time, it would have been me going, Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and then running around the house. <laughs> Like I prefer, and and people are like, God, dude, you're such a loner. And I'm like, I've never been this way, but I prefer to do things by myself. So there's no distractions. Yeah, no, I feel, so I feel the distractions part because sometimes 
people at Monsters Games want to talk to me about the game during the game. And I'm trying to like mark where the gyps I want to make are going to be at. And I'm trying to watch the play, not where the puck is at, but everywhere else and see how they're lining up, how they're skating. You know, like little things like that. Yep. And I can only split my attention so much before I want to smack someone in the face. <laughs> I feel so bad because I try to be so kind about it. Um, so I feel that sometimes watching sports, I just want to do it alone because I want to enjoy it. I don't want to hear people screaming. I don't want um, to be distracted because someone wants to talk about like the dress they just bought or the pair yeah. of shoes they bought. And that is not just from women. That is also men can be very bad about this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you got a play to me- from like three plays before and I'm like, <laughs> I'm focused on this one. I don't care what Baker Mayfield did. The defense is on the field and I need to know what Miles Garrett is doing. Leave me yeah. alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you want to, text me all game i'm down that's fine yeah it's a different level of split right but like don't call me don't talk to me and don't talk to me during commercials either because what usually happens is the the story that you tell in commercials (laughs) bleeds into the game and as soon as the game comes back on i'm not paying attention to you i don't know what to tell you (laughs) we have rules in our house about that yeah like the yeah. moment the commercial is over, well, unless it's the Super Bowl. So like you can talk all you want during the Super Bowl unless the Browns were playing or the Bears, but like <laughs> you can talk all you want during the game and then the commercials come on and we're like, okay, everyone shut up. But during the regular season, it's like once, you know, if you are in the bathroom and the game starts, I'm sorry, like you're staying there, like you're flushing the toilet and that's how it's going. Like you're not flushing until the until commercial as you were saying like the the rules of uh of watching games and, and things like that like superstitions it's it's just kind of um oh it's a little bit different so it's a little different when yeah. like you have to rely on one one sensory to to like take in the game right well and that's part of the reason why we have it because of my parents and yeah. also so my parents were born that way and i was born with super sensitive hearing so um, it gets bad to the point where I can't hear you talking in front of me sometimes if there's a lot of noise going on in the distance. So like gotcha. concerts, you could be yelling in my ear and I'm like, I can't, I literally can't hear you. I can hear the conversation in the back about some dude's dog and his girlfriend. <laughs> like, I have no clue what you're saying right now. Yeah. Um, so that's why we we have that rule in our house because- you know, sometimes even when you don't have a visual impairment, sometimes you still have to rely on the announcer to help you put together mm-hmm. the game, even though you're when you're watching it on television, because they don't show the whole field. They don't show the whole ice. So, yeah. 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 Um, so since we were talking about how we both worked in sports, um. Do you find that you view the game a little bit differently than say you were someone who never worked in the business? Uh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I, um, I don't know how you feel, but I like, I always like to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Um, like if they're, if a player's having a bad game, uh, I don't want to trade them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think of like, listen, have you ever had a bad day at work? Like that's what it is. And they have to go home and their spouses or their best friends or their roommates are the ones that they're going to talk to, or they're going to call their parents or they're going to call their coaches and talk about these things. Like, I don't, I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, protect everyone's feelings. Like I just wasn't (laughs) raised that way. But at the same time, it's like, listen, they're on a big stage. So maybe cut them a little bit of slack. Like no one deserves to, to be completely slandered online because they had a bad game. Like the reality is, is you're a shit hockey player and they're really good. So like maybe keep it to yourself. That's kind of the way I think of it. Yeah. No, it's the, um, the same here is after being with the Akron racers that season, there was a lot of stuff that went down on the team that even a member of the organization, I did not know about. It was very tight lipped. It was only kept within amongst players or even between some players and the GM. Like, so as a fan, you're never going to know the full story because the media is never going to know this full story. And people who work within the organization are never going to know the whole story. The only whole story that's going to be known is from the player and the coach and that's it. Yeah. And I, I I would make a point to, um, and maybe this was a little bit of overkill, but I would always make a point to uh, like with the Joliet slammers. If I would see a player uh, like in the tunnel or something, I'd, I wouldn't stop them to ask them questions about last night or the night the, the tonight. I'd be like, Hey, like, how are you? Okay. How's everything? You good? Need anything? Like, what could, are we good? Because I didn't want to be that journalist who like always looks for the story. Right. Like I, I wanted to be the one who's like, I legitimately care about you as a person. If you want to open up to me, great. If not, I'm going to respect that because I, I work for you. So it, it is what it is. I don't know. Maybe that's why I wasn't a big fan of like, yeah, let me stay and be a big reporter on a, some network or whatever. I, that's not what I want to be. Right. So I, um, when I was working for the youth hockey program, I learned that if you pay attention that the story finds you. Yep. You don't have to find the story. There are key phrase like a player will tell you what they want to talk about without actually saying I want to talk about this. They have key phrases and you have to be very mindful of that. And um so I, I'm very cognizant of that now when I'm in uh post game presser or one-on-one interviews. But also you know, we're all people <laughs> and you know, yeah, with the monsters, some of them came from the program that I worked at, but there's something to be said about just creating a relationship that isn't sports based. Like yep. you're there with them so much. There's nothing wrong with being like, Oh, Hey, how your kids doing? Or like, you know, how's your day going? Oh man, I like your shoes. There's nothing wrong with that. And if someone is telling you there's something wrong with that, they are the ones that need to reassess. Now, there are players who are very private. And so if you know that they're very private and you're asking those questions to them, just out of like 
normal conversation, you need to remember not to tell people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, I, the, the phrase that gets thrown around a lot um, for people who aren't in the, the journalism business or the media business is, hey, like sometimes it's tongue in cheek, but a lot of times it's not. It's like, hey, man, like off the record, X, Y, Z, like how are like what happened here? Like if you if you say it's off the record, it's off the record. Like right. it's that is it, it. It doesn't leave that conversation. Um, I know a lot of journalists who have, uh, completely ruined their reputations by putting things that were supposed to be off the record on the record. Uh, it's just, um, it's one of those, uh, what what are they called? Like, um, like unwritten rules, Mm -hmm. um, that you should respect. And you should also feel out like, is this something that you should report what is it going to do if you report it? Um, like, I know that the the jackets are very strict about telling us what the exact injury is. And John Madden would love to just come out to post game and we'd be like, hey, why he was so in- like, what's going on with so-and-so? He was scratched. He played really well last night. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, he's going in for surgery tomorrow. And we're like, <laughs> but I would never report that because I knew how the organization felt about yeah. that. And I would just be like, that person's injured. Like I was yep. not going to be like, they are, cause some reporters were like, they're in surgery at this hospital at this time. And I'm like, cool. So we're stalking people now. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to say like the, the whole Jonathan Taves situation with the Blackhawks, yeah. it's like, you look, there's rumors going on around here and whatever, but at the same here, I mean like the media in general. Right. Um, But like, it, it's sort of the unwritten rule where it's like, look, it's obviously something that Jonathan Taves doesn't want to disclose and the media is respecting it because he's such an icon in the city of Chicago and the NHL. And it's just going to be that way when he's ready to talk, he'll talk. Right. It might, it might be never, but it it's just, they don't owe. I guess the thing is, is too many people think that athletes owe them something or the organization owes them something. Right. Um, and I noticed that a lot with, the racers are like, well, I'm a season ticket holder. Why can't I know what's going on in the locker room? And I'm like, well, I don't even know what's going on in the locker room. <laughs> and I walk into the locker room yeah. when I gather up balls after practice. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Um, but another thing I kind of want to talk about is because this is like a podcast about finding the good in life is um, different ways that you saw the team have a positive impact on a person's life while you were there. Yeah. Um, I, I can get I, a really cool story. And unfortunately I don't remember this guy's name. Um, I was never close to, I never worked close with him, but I knew a lot of people who did. He was a member of the grounds crew, uh, with the Joliet slammers. And this guy would come in, prep the field, push tarps, like the just grunt work for hours on hours and hours. And there was a couple injuries to the to the pitching staff and then all of a sudden the next day i see this guy walking in with a baseball bag and i'm like new guy like i didn't recognize him and he i was like first of all why didn't i know this like why didn't i get the transaction report so i could okay but anyway and i'm like who is it he goes oh that's so-and-so and And i'm like wait wait wait, grounds crew and he goes yeah he's pitching for us today i'm like no way so 
he threw through really well, got a little, a little bit of a payday. Let's just put it that way. And, um, it kind of set that I think he went to college after that. Like, I think he, like people were watching that and I think it set up something good. Um, a couple other things were like, a lot of it was, uh, taking extra food home. I mean, look, it's, it's frontier league baseball. It, it, these, these guys aren't making a ton of money. So it's like extra food that was left over was handed out. It was like, look, if you need it, take it. Otherwise we're throwing it away. There was no way fans or butts. You just take the food if you need it. Um, a lot of community service, a lot of, a lot of stuff like that with, with special needs kids and throwing out the first pitch, like making their day. Um, and even me, honestly, like not even because we're talking about it in this podcast, but like covering a team and talking to players who you thought were the biggest deal ever when you were talking to them, I think it just gave you the confidence that like, first of all, nobody cares that. And by the way, the reason I wear sunglasses is because I have nystagmus and it's distracting for other, other people. So the whole D bag thing doesn't apply. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I wear them because I know that being on camera, people are going to look at, at and wonder why my eyes are moving and they're not going to hear what I'm saying. And that's really why you're watching, right? So, um, but when I was covering the Slammers, I never, I didn't wear it. Like I didn't care uh, because I could see it, it. It didn't bother me. But players noticed and no one cared because I did my job well. And it was like, okay, well, if they don't care then why should I? And like it, it boosted, it was a confidence booster is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I working. So being a girl who was very involved in sports. So I played softball for seven years, um, was a catcher and left fielder and first baseman. And I played football. <laughs> um, you know, it was hard because I was never allowed to be like a girl. Like if I wore dresses or makeup, people would make fun of me because they always assumed that A, I was a butch lesbian or B, I was just a total tomboy, which I mean, I, I am very much a tomboy, but um, not in the sense of like what I look like per se. And so I did stupid things like, well, fine, if that's how they think of me, I'm going to get a bowl cut, which... And working for the racers, um, there were women like AJ Andrews, golden, like the first Rawlings gold glove woman, winner, winner that was a woman. Um, she sometimes would play a game in makeup because she was having that kind of day. Uh, she was a, like, she was a woman who was strong and herself and every woman on that team was very similar like they had their game day you know outfits which was usually like sweats and stuff and then they would go out or when they were at events they'd put on makeup and they were a girl and they embraced their femininity and every single one of those women embraced who I was and wanted me to be the woman that I was meant to be that I didn't have to to put on this facade that I'm like a total dude. Like, it's okay that I like cheesy rom-coms and also, 
you know, bang on the glass and tells that someone to go kill that guy on the ice. Well, like those things don't have to be separate. Um, and yeah, I think we can both agree that like diving catches and makeup are cool and tough. So. Yeah, exactly. They are definitely not lame and weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah. And, and some of the other things too, is that the racers just were like super involved. Like you said, all that community service and it's, is it amazing how just tossing a ball to a fan just changes their whole day? Oh, complete. It completely makes their day. And, and the best part, I, I think, um, I think this should be known. I think you can speak to this too, is like when you see a player toss a fan a ball or like toss a player or toss a fan like a, a puck, they don't do it because they think it's going to look good. Like they, right. they really want to do it. And like, they remember, like they, they really do remember like, yeah, I threw that. I threw the ball to that kid last week. I saw him and he's here again. Like they remember that stuff and they do it because they want to. Right. And with the racers after every home game, they and the opposing team, if the opposing team wanted, they would go and sign autographs for everyone. And there, there are kids that just wanted to see them, you know, mm -hmm. and they remembered their names. They remembered the conversations. I'm talking like 50 kids would be standing yep. over there and they'd be like, so how was summer school? Or, oh, did you ask that girl out? You know, and they were just so interested in them. And I think people forget that most athletes, most of them are very genuine and down to earth and real people. Not all of them have their heads in the cloud and, and just are like, oh, you're just a little person to me. That's so, that's actually very few and far between in my experience yep. that someone has a stick up their bum. Like, yeah. Well, and too, so like for, for people who are going to oppose that, the, I, a lot of times a big reason why you might not get that interaction or you might not get that autograph is because they're, I mean, they're busy, right? Like they're they're, they have places to be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so do you have any funny stories that happened to you while you were working for a team? Cause I totally do, but I just wondered if you did. Um, yeah. So I tell this one a lot and you've heard it before. Uh, I got yelled at by Pete Rose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was just, you know, that was just me trying to work really, really hard and get my job done. And I walked in the middle of him and cameras and reporters, like a lot of cameras and reporters. <laughs> this is my favorite story. <laughs> and he pretty much asked me, he was like, where the hell you been? And I turned around and I was like, oh my God, I got yelled at that by Vero. And he was like, he, was, he asked me and I said, working. And he, uh, later came up to me and explained that he didn't like my response. Um, <laughs> which, you know, it is what it is. Um, but there's that. And then, uh, oh, I got, so we had a double header with this. A lot of this is with the slammers because I worked so much. It was, oh man, it was unbelievable, but we had a double header and the, the head coach of the slammers really loved to change the lineups entirely from game one and game two. And there in frontier league baseball, there might be 45 minutes between games. So oh you don't have too much time to, to, to change the lineup in your computer, print it out, go run it everywhere that it needs to get ran to, and then get back to doing your real job. Um, so there was a, a, a game where I forgot to change the, the numbers for oh. each player and the scorekeeper 
threw a complete conniption fit, like was flipping papers, throwing them around the, the, the press oh, box, like just making a scene. And, and he goes, if, if, if nobody knows how to do their job here, they shouldn't work here. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, technically I don't really work here. Like an intern here. I don't get paid for this, but okay. So I went down there and I, I helped him pick up his papers and I go, listen, I apologize that I made the mistake, but there's absolutely no reason to flip out like this. You know, their numbers, you work here every day. Okay. You know, their numbers. So change them. I will go reprint you on right now. Relax. <laughs> and it was good after that. Um, the other one was I walked in on the manager taking a leak oh, no. <laughs> to give him his stat, his stat pack. And, uh, yeah, that was it was pretty awkward. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty awkward. Let's just say he was holding it for a while. Um, yeah, but I mean, other than that, you know, it's typical stuff, like little small stuff here and there that you know become inside jokes and. Right, there's always hijinks, always, especially yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. there all the time. Like you said, like I was at the stadium all the time and not even when I, not even when we had to be there, like sometimes I was just there. <laughs> and, um, but both of these stories are so on brand for me, by the way, like they're just ridiculous. Um, so in Akron, in that section of Akron where Firestone stadium is located in the summer, it just rains all the time. So there's always rain delays, which involve the tarp, which I got to be well versed in. And by well versed, I never actually learned it very well. Um, <laughs> but we were playing the uh, the Chinese a team from China. So most of the players only knew Chinese, didn't know much English. They're, they were so kind. They were helping us put the tarp on the field, which was insane. I was like, no, no, no. Like, y'all don't have to do this. Like, this is not your stadium. You can sit in the dugout and chill. And they were like, no, no, we're going to help. And when we were taking the tarp off, I forgot that we put a small tarp on home plate and put a tire on it to hold it down because the drainage wasn't that great. And then you pull off the big, then you put the big tarp over it. So you have to pull the big tarp off. And I stepped in, <laughs> in the tire, fell backwards, got rolled up in the tarp. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like laughing and finally people were like, oh my God, wait, we lost Elaine. We lost her. It's too quiet. It's too quiet. We lost Elaine. And the Chinese team was helping me get out of it. And the girl was like, ask me, are you okay? And I said, no, 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 I'm fine. And she thought that there was something wrong with me. Oh. <laughs> it was just like this, this whole gap. And this would happen to me often though. This was not the first time I'd been rolled up in the tarp. Oh, this was boy. not the last time I was rolled up in the tarp, but it was the first time that someone thought I was like seriously injured and tried to pick me up <laughs> of the language barrier. Yeah. Um, and then just remember, I said I played softball for seven years. Okay. <laughs> the GM and owner, Joey Arietta, asked me to rake the field. And I said, got it, boss. And I ran and I don't know what I was thinking, but I grabbed the yard rakes and not the field rakes. Oh, boy. <laughs> and she let me rake the field. The entire good... field with just a, <laughs> just a, a yard rake. For 
like five minutes and I'm like I don't understand why this is not working and she's like Elaine I told you to rake the field and I'm like I am and then I looked down and I was like oh no <laughs> this is wait not that's like that's like step number one of field maintenance when you're like a youth baseball player <laughs> I know I know and I knew better and I have no clue what was going through my head you're out there with a broom you're like I don't understand why it's not working <laughs> she was just loving it she wasn't gonna stop it until I stopped and then she's like okay I asked you to rake the field and I'm like I'm literally doing it and she just stared at me and I looked down and I was like no I'm not I'm an idiot I'll be back <laughs> got a vacuum out there you're like what's she doing <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> yeah that's me in a nutshell <laughs> um hilarious but those things like only happen to people i feel like who work in sports like yep it's this random stuff where like you're so good at something and you're used to doing it but you have that one off day where you're just an idiot and grab a freaking yard <laughs> i used to have there used to be a, a visiting um uh, I, I don't remember what team because he, he bounced around a little bit but he uh this one player I don't want to say his name because I feel like people look at it. I'm I'm not gonna, <laughs> okay. but um, he would always think it it would be funny. To uh, I would walk into the opposing locker room to drop off stat packs, and he always would think it it was funny to walk up and just his cup, and say, <laughs> "What's up, bro? Are you the clubby?" And I'd be like, "No, I'm not." Like at this point, it's funny, but no, I, I'm not your clubby, dude. I, like I'm not running to the gas station for you put on put put your pants on like (laughs) (laughs) come on but yes it's exactly things like that that only happen to people in sports right because you can't get away with that in an office setting you can't be like oh yeah let me just adjust my junk yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, okay so we're gonna abruptly segue into something that has nothing to do with sports Um, so you've recently really gotten into guitar and music. Well, I don't know about music so much, but guitar, um, just kind of talk about that because I, I think, you know, you're pretty self-taught, right? Yeah. So, um, as far as the music goes, I've always been into music. Um, not necessarily like, oh, let me dissect like, wow, what a great chorus. And I just loved listening to music. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I always, it was always in the back of my head to, to try and learn how to play guitar. But every time I was around one, I'm like, there's no chance I'm learning this. Like this seems way too complicated. And as much as I'd like to believe I'd stick with it, I feel like I wouldn't. So it just never, I don't know. It never, it never really happened. Um, but the self-taught thing has always been like, it's always been a thing for me. Like I'd rather fail 175 times and do it myself then fail twice and like have somebody teach me it's just right it's, a, it's to a fault um but yeah i started <laughs> teaching myself guitar in the summer of 2019 um so after i couldn't see which is probably <laughs> a really good time to learn how to play an instrument but just in time for the pandemic when you really couldn't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. So um, the way I learned was instead of taking lessons with somebody or whatever the case was, I, I would just look up like chords on YouTube. And the good part about it, they're accommodating without even knowing it, 
is you would go to a lot of these guitar, quote unquote, YouTube guitar teachers, uh, which are very good, by the way, if anybody learns, wants to learn how to play guitar, that's the way to do it. Um, they would say like, Hey, like today we're going to learn how to play the, the C chord and the C chord is ring finger on the third fret of the fifth string. And I would pause it and go, okay, ring finger, third fret. Okay. Here. And then I'd play it and they would say where your fingers go, which was perfect. Um, and that's how I learned. I mean, that's really, that's how I learned. And I would just, I picked it up every day and kept sucking until I sucked less. And here I am sucking, not as much. No, you are. I, I am also a self-taught um, musician, but I'm very bad at guitar. Like I'm not good at it. Okay. Like actually executing it. Um, as we learned, <laughs> a, what was that? Like a month ago, I'm apparently actually good at figuring out what the person's playing but if it comes to executing it i'm like well this just um this is not working <laughs> oh yeah i sent you that i sent you that vamps cover yeah and i was like can you maybe help me out here because i asked three people already and none of them know what i'm talking about yeah and i'm just like one of those weird people that apparently can figure out what chords they're playing but yeah, i it was just, dead on i can't play them myself <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, honestly, I, I think guitar, so, you know, prior to, to losing vision and stuff, uh, uh, my hobbies were, I was, I would go to the, like my hobbies. I was, it was the gym. Like I, I lived in the gym. I liked lifting and, and doing that stuff. And then not, not just because I couldn't see, but like there were other issues like, Hey, don't lift anything heavy is really what they told me. So that went out the window and I was searching for a hobby and it's like, okay, I can't play video games anymore. Like listening to music only gets, only gets you so far and like drinking isn't good. So like, <laughs> let me pick up, I'll pick up a guitar now. And it honestly, it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best. It's so cathartic, right? Like playing music. Like for me, it's been really tough during this um, pandemic to not perform. Um, I love absolutely love being in church and they have me sing and I'm staying next to the piano and you hit the right note and it gets stuck in the piano and so it just like sits there and reverberates um like your voice is stuck in the piano like it just or getting stuck in the rafters and I miss those moments but with the pandemic like there's really no singing going on at church there's no concerts there's I can't tell anyone what the thrill is is to sing in front of 10,000 people like it's insane and it it like to be able to lay all of your feelings out through music whether it's playing or not is just like it I don't even know how to describe it unless you've actually done it right like I don't know if it's the same way for you when you're playing yeah no so it's um it's therapeutic is what i would is how i would describe it um i find that like if i'm having it depending on the day i'm having is the type of music i play um but as far as like the performance part of it i remember the first video for some i don't know what made me do it but the first video i ever decided to post I think I posted it on, on Instagram. I was cover. I don't remember what song it was. I covered a song 
And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to post it. And people actually liked it. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I, I, I listened to this recording, and I think it sucks, but I'm throwing it up there because I haven't posted on Instagram in a year and a half. Like, I'm, hey, I'm still alive. Here's a video. <laughs> right. Um, but what you realize is, like, people think things are a lot better than you do. Mm-hmm. Like, if I post, okay, so for example, and this isn't, I'm not, I'm not clout chasing or anything like that, but like, I just posted a, a cover of a Morgan Wallen song on YouTube and it could have been because it's Morgan Wallen and there's some stuff going on, but <laughs> it had like 590 something views in like a day. And I'm like, I have like 20 subscribers on YouTube. How did this happen? But like people like music. They like, love it. They love music, and it doesn't matter how good you. I think I really do. Like, I think I. I don't think I'm that good. I think I suck. You do but not people, suck. People, I will, I would be honest with you, Josh. I would be so. <laughs> <laughs> like you, I wanted to have you on my podcast to let you know that you are complete garbage, <laughs> and you're terrible. Trash. But like, yeah, but like my word, my word of advice to anybody who either wants to pick up an instrument or already knows an instrument post it like like po- like play up play piano or play guitar and post it even if you're not singing just po- people love it people yeah. think it's so cool like i can't tell you how many people in my family have been like can't wait for bonfires this year and i'm like oh yes i gotta play bon- i gotta play at bonfires now and i yes my cousin, <laughs> my cousin most recently she she really loves to to push the boundaries with me and like <laughs> She's like, everything, you know, you've always set up, you've always, you know, accomplished things that you put your mind to. Do, you should go do gigs. And I'm like, whoa. You should. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you break. can. No, no. You, you should listen. <laughs> so she's like, but, but think about it. Like, how cool would it be to like, go to like a sandwich shop or a coffee shop and play for an hour? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I also don't think I'm that like, I I feel like you have to be a certain talent level to go play. And then here's where it gets interesting. There's a guy I highly recommend every, anybody who plays guitar or likes music, look this guy up. His name is Sean Daniel. He's from Chicago. Uh, He went to school in Michigan. He lives in Sarasota, Florida. Now he's a traveling musician and he posts a bunch of videos on YouTube. He goes, there's a, there's a video that he released and he's like, it doesn't matter what your talent level is. If a store manager or a restaurant manager approves you to come play, you're good enough. Yep. Like you're good enough and they will pay you to play music. Now executing that during the show is (laughs) something, but he's like, but I want everybody to remember no one actually cares what you're playing. They really don't. They don't care. And that's when I started realizing like, I'm going to start posting these videos whether I'm in the frame of the video or not, which that's a, uh, that's a struggle, but <laughs> like, I'm going to post them because the people who like them will like them. And the people who don't won't like, right. it, it is what it is. And it, it's such a universal language. Um, like for example, I um, used to babysit my nonverbal neighbor. Like her kid was, is nonverbal and he just had a meltdown and he wouldn't respond to me. And so I just started playing the piano because I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) And he sat next to me and he repeated every single thing. And then he played a minor chord because I was like, yo, buddy, what's going on? How you feeling? And he played a minor chord. 
And I was like, oh, so we're feeling it today. We're feeling it. So then I went yeah. through and I was able to teach him every minor chord I knew on piano. And so now when he's upset, he just minor chords it up (laughs) to let people know. And I think that's why um, a lot of musicians are very hard on themselves and they think that they aren't good at all when they are. And people love listening to them because they can connect to it. You know, a certain chord brings out something within them, a certain note Um, a line in a song sticks with people forever. And, you know, I, you know, people are like, oh, you're such a sports nut. And I'm like, dude, no, like I am, but I thrive in the music area. Like when the monsters would play Sunday or Saturday afternoon games, I would hightail it out of there afterwards. And I would go to the Cleveland orchestra whenever, um, whenever they were still allowed to be playing because that's not allowed right now because there's something so magical about sitting in the front row of the orchestra and watching these artists lose themselves and what they're playing and I just I feel like too many people try to dive into music from the standpoint of like oh well this is so perfectly played or you know, Taylor Swift sucks because she's too poppy or this song sucks because of this. When you look at music, just the, like the way you should at life and it's the connection and <clears throat> what you take from it. It, I don't think it should always be, it's art, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a song, um, I, it, it's unbelievable that it happened to me and I can't believe I'm actually disclosing this, but uh, there's a Luke Combs song and it's called Without You. Uh, and it's basically the, the synopsis of the song is like, Hey, you know, I'm on the stage, I'm playing this guitar. The, all these people are here to see me, but what they don't realize is like my parents are the one they should be cheering for and thanking and cheering on and whatever. So I'm like, Oh, this is a really good song. So I started playing it. I'm like, okay, I learned it. I learned the whole thing. And I started playing it and I got to this line where he's talking about like paying for a babysitter for his brother and like paying for parking and getting there early and da 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 like all these sacrifices that go into like fulfilling your your son or daughter's hobby. And I I had to stop. Like I started crying and I was like what is happening? Like why is this a thing? But then I'm like I guarantee you. I guarantee you when he wrote that song, he had to do it 30 times in order to get through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, if this is what being a musician is, no, thanks. I'll right. just just- <laughs> no, that's so I have a notebook full of songs that I've written. And some of them are Psalms that we used at church for a little bit um, that like I rewrote and put uh, music to, but for ones that were like personally about me, it's so funny. Like I could write a book, which I am writing a book and, finishing it up about my own personal experiences with something that like broke my heart completely. But I also have a notebook full of songs and I could put pen to paper and write it and put it out for people to see. But when it comes to singing it, there's like this raw emotion that comes with music and this vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, And you really are letting your guard down when you do that more than say your book or your writing, because you put it out there and you can choose not to know how people are going to react. 
but when you're vulnerable and you're singing or you're performing, you know instantaneously how people feel. Even if you're putting it up on YouTube, like, you know, people are unafraid to write crap in the comments. Yeah. Well, and the thing too, is like, what I wanted to say is there are a lot of people, like sometimes I'll look up, if I hear a song, I'm like, I guarantee you people have covered that before. And I'll go on YouTube and I I won't watch like the music video or whatever. I'll watch Mm -hmm. covers because it's unbelievable to me on how many people out there have no following whatsoever but are unbelievably talented right like unbelievable i just subscribed to this girl she has like nine nine subscribers on youtube and i swear she's like the she has the most beautiful voice i've ever heard in my life and she doesn't play guitar she doesn't play any instrument she plays the instrumental and just sings it and i'm like somebody sign this girl like some please somebody needs to expose this girl because she She's really talented, but you like, I think that's just it is like, no one knows how talented people are until they put themselves out there. Right. And like, it is what it is. Like if you, if I suck, unfollow me, like, okay. It is what, like, I don't care. I'm 27 years old. You think I care what you think? I really don't. I care. I care. (laughs) I care. You know, I care because I sent you that stuff and I was like, don't show anyone. We're supposed to uh, (laughs) cover a song, by the way. Yes, we need to. And I'm making sure I say this within this podcast so it goes on the record. (laughs) Okay. I've been trying to figure out um, a duet for us, but I don't know. I definitely won't be playing because I can't play and sing at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like, I can do a lot of things at the same time, but I cannot play and sing. It's weird. It's really Um, hard. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, don't feel bad. It's really hard. Yeah, there's just a lot that... Like if, because if I, I get into the zone when I'm singing Mm -hmm. and so if I have to take myself out of the zone and start playing, like it's, it's awkward. I can do it with piano for the most part. It's a different, it's a different mechanism. Um, And I think for me, it's because like I said, like I can get my voice caught inside um, the strings. So if I miss a note, that's okay because my voice will take care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, like I, I don't know why it's so I feel like more musicians than writers or even artists struggle to put themselves out there I'm not really quite sure why because the world's very judgy yeah no that's very very judgy and and honestly like depending on how thick-skinned you are or depending on how how much willpower you have one bad comment or one bad critique it can completely derail what you're trying to do it can. So like I said, I went to school for vocal performance. Um, my teachers were always really great. They would get on me because I would memorize a song and then I, they could never judge if I learned the song or if I memorized it. Like there's a difference. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the drumline effect. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I identify with that movie so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I couldn't read, I can't read sheet music that well. Um, but if you play something, I'm typically going to just like know it. Mm-hmm. And they would get on me about that. But sometimes, you know, student, other musicians in those programs can be aggressive and intense and find ways to bring you down. And I, I'm not that kind of person. I'm always like, let me tell you about what you did good. 
and you can focus on making it better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, so you can be the best at it. But so when people come to me and they just pick me apart on things, I, when it comes to my singing, I don't handle it well at all. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I definitely probably cannot be a performer. Well, the, thing, the thing that I realized, and let me tell you, I there, I bet you, percentage wise, I don't hit, I hit less than fifty percent of the notes correctly when I when I throw these covers up there. But you do it confidence. But the thing is, it no, not even. But the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, is like to the average person, they don't they don't know any different. Like to it's the true. audience, they don't know. Like they're just like, oh, that's cool. I'll I'll give that a like real quick now have I run into anybody who's like, well, didn't hit that a minor correctly? No, I haven't. But like um, when I do, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, it's whatever, dude. I'm not trying to be, you know, not trying to go on American Idol anytime soon. So, right. I tried to go on American Idol. <laughs> I know a couple of people who tried <laughs> it. That's like, that's a whole other story for a whole other day. Cause yeah. because like I, when I, the first time I left college, cause I did twice, I, um, I developed nodules and they said I would never be able to sing again. Jeez. And somehow they disappeared six months later. It, like I said, it's a very in-depth story that we will have to dive into later. But my first thing I did when the doctor gave me the all clear was I tried out for American Idol it, at uh, like First Energy Stadium. It was such a wild thing. <laughs> um, but they know what they want right away. They know exactly what they want. It was the year Carrie Underwood won it. Oh, and, yeah, and you they, wouldn't have a shot. Sorry. Right. No, no, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they knew what they wanted right away. We sang probably like four notes and they're like, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And that's how it is in music. And I think that's why people get um, so nervous too because it's like yeah but i think i think in the like in the age of social media and the age of like being a quote-unquote entrepreneur even if you're not trying to become something big in music and you just like playing it mm-hmm. i mean posting it your audience is going to find you right like just po- like that's what i tell people i'm like if you're passionate about something just post it i love how i'm saying that and i don't do that um <laughs> yeah i don't see any singing videos from you so I used to, before I got into writing, once I started getting a bigger platform, I was like, oh, we're just going to step back. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know. I really love and enjoy music so much. And I think it brings an extra bit of excitement to everything. Think about sports. How many times when a team, okay, Chelsea Dagger is the best best. example, you know, and I love Chelsea Dagger even before it came with the team because it was in the movie Run Fat Boy Run, which came out the year before they brought Chelsea Dagger to be the goal song or like a few months before. And that's kind of how they got the goal song. I think someone watched the movie or like they heard it and it was overseas Mm -hmm. came in and that's how. And you can't compare it to anything now, especially since they won the Stanley cup with that song. And that's all I think about. And every time I hear the song, I get really excited (laughs) and it does, it changes the mood of the game. So if they're losing and they score, not only do the fans get hyped, but the players get hyped because it's their identity and they love it. And that song turns it around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, I mean, you you think of the same thing, like like in a in a 
uh, in a baseball world, it's, it's the walk-up songs. Oh yes. Like the walk-up songs are the best. Like, and, and players, Oh, like you talk about identity players embrace that so much. Like yes. they're like, if my walk-up song doesn't, it doesn't straight bang. I don't want it. Right. Like, <laughs> I had a play. There was a player, the slammers would change it every day. See, and you got to do that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Gronawagon, she played for the racers. She's a pitcher. She also played for Team Canada. <laughs> Her walk-up song was Red Bone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most chill song I have ever seen anyone walk up to in my life. But it was so her. It was so perfect. And it's funny when you're with baseball and softball, like the Indians one year, they had a bunch of, it was, so it was like Trevor Bauer. So it was like this heavy metal song. And right after that was like two songs in a row that were just like really bad rap. Like they had to find the edit heavily edited version. Oh, geez. Yeah. And then the next song was a gospel song. <laughs> okay. I was like, is that Kirk Franklin? Are you listening to Kirk <laughs> Franklin when you walk up to the bat? <laughs> And it just, it shows the different personalities and then fans connect with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, have you ever thought about like what your walk-up song would be or like what your goal song would be? Cause I do a lot, a lot more than I should. <laughs> oh, I changed <laughs> when I was, Oh shit. <laughs> um, when I was younger, my dad was my coach and we got we had walk-up songs because he also ran the music at the mm -hmm. Lions McCook uh <clears throat> for Little League. And mine was um never gonna give you up. But that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and then I did it again in high school when we could really pick our um walk-up song. That's fantastic. No, that's great. <laughs> that's great. So I thought like we never had walk-up songs. Um, uh, well, when I was seven, we played who let the dogs out when we got onto the field. That was a <laughs> banger. Yeah. When you're like seven or eight, it's, it's amazing. It's still a banger when you're a Brown yeah. fan, it's a banger too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought about like my personality on the field was very, I was, I was a fiery, fiery player. Like you can ask anybody who, who I played basketball with and things like that. Like I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an emotional player. Um, but I've always thought like if I was a baseball player and I was walking up to the plate, my walk-up song, I don't know who it's by, but it was called, uh, it's called like, it's, it's like make money, get turned or something like that. I think it might just be get turned, but in, in the beginning of the song, it, it's, it's got a funky, like a funky beat. And in the beginning of the song, like to open up the vocals, the artist, Oh, I don't know. He goes, kill. And I, I, picture myself like stopping and like doing a head tilt and like screaming it <laughs> and like just being an absolute like moron but then like taking it serious at the plate like I, that's that would just be me yeah no that that's amazing <laughs> or like just like like strutting up to the to the plate like walking with a limp like just something ridiculous that's what i'd be <laughs> see and i wish goal songs were more fun <laughs> I mean, some of the teams really kill it with their goal songs. The Blue Jackets is the whip, which is literally a slower version of Chelsea Dagger. 
Yeah. It is. And I know, well, and I heard it and was like, this is kind of the slower version, I think. So I loaded it into a program and then sped the BPMs up. (laughs) Wow. You really wanted to know what this was. And it was almost exactly to, to a T. And I was like, wow, okay. That actually is very on brand for the jackets. (laughs) 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 But there, you know, I love that Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo in general has great songs. So you have like the Buffalo Bills turn shout into the Buffalo Bills. And then now they have let me clear my throat for the Sabres. (laughs) (laughs) It's so amazing and I love it with all of my heart. Um, But more teams need to, this song is truly the team identity. And I think that's where we're starting to realize that a lot of teams don't have a team identity. So they should just start doing individual goal songs. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I think this, I don't, I don't know how to, the, the only thing that I can say about that is like, maybe professional teams need to take a, a, a page out of like college athletics books. And what I mean by that is like, embrace chance, like em, embrace the crowd interactivity, because let me tell you. I went to a Western Michigan hockey game one time and some of the things that get chanted in the stands, uh, they can't be aired on TV. That's for sure. <laughs> but it, it's, it's so entertaining. Like chanting about some guy chanting about number 23's girlfriend who you don't even know exists is some of the, it's, it's some of the most fun ever. And like, that's like, what I'm saying is like embrace, embrace the tangibles that come with the sport. Like, I right. understand that there's some things that you really might not be able to embrace, but like, let's play some, I don't know, let's play some funny music when the opposing skaters headed to the penalty box, like right. make it fun. Put like, and like pick a random. Okay. So th- there was a team. Now the players have kind of like slid up a little bit more, but they were all obsessed with Fortnite. And I'm like, how hyped would these players be? If you just played Fortnite music all the time, yep. You like made the goal song. I don't know what the Fortnite. The- I don't even know if they're. I have no idea. Song. And I would just love it. Could you imagine though if <laughs> someone scored a goal and then it made that like one that one up sound in Mario, oh, yeah. and then it just started playing the Mario theme song. <laughs> like- yeah. <laughs> I just the teams they are they're too um they get too obsessed with trying to be quote unquote professional have you ever (laughs) have you ever like you know how they show the um they show the bench shot like during hockey games and you you get some close-ups of players or you might get the whole bench have you ever have you ever seen they're playing a song in the background or like maybe somebody says something funny on the bench and you see a player either laugh or you see them, you see their facial expression. Like they try and hold in that laugh. Yes. It brings that, it brings the sense of like, wow, like they're really having some fun here. Like they're, like they're humans. They're having fun at work. And it's just like when I told Tina across the hall, the joke that I can't say during a meeting, cause it's not PG 13. Like <laughs> it's, it's just, it's awesome. Like I, I think, 
I th- honestly, I think that's why Barstool and like Spitting Chicklets and and these these podcasts who have players on got so popular because they don't ask the normal questions. Like they right. they bring out the human element of these players. Like they'll be like, well, like what do you like to eat? And like oh, I never knew that, you know, Jared Spurgeon liked pizza. Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, but like I'm with you though. Like, make it more fun. Don't don't embrace the professionalism too much. Sometimes it gets it gets, it gets stale and it's yeah. too surface. You know, I I would get on people and be like, just dig a little bit more. Just like an iota of research will open up a world. Yep. Of things and th- yeah, that's just I could talk about that for hours and I'm not going to <laughs> well, like, I mean, just, just like here, like just a quick idea is how cool would it be? And this is the type of player I would be, even if I had to pay somebody to do it, I'd be like, yo, make my Spotify playlist public. Yes. Yes. Like that. And you know what? I do think that the, the Blackhawks for a while there had that great thing going with Joey, the junior reporter. And I noticed that he's not around as much. And so they're not as good. So maybe they should bring him back. Mm. But, <laughs> but, you know, they did a lot of, you got to see the human aspect and people were like, Oh, Taze is not captain serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that there are, t- there are players who will be like, here's my Spotify playlist. But if teams could, do that or if even reporters were just like hey how are you staying hyped for this game like what are you listening to that keeps you motivated like just ask that top now there's a time and a place like i'm not gonna go into iowa wilds post-game presser after they lose 10 to 2 to the Bulls <laughs> <laughs> and be like if you could describe this game in a song <laughs> what yeah, would yeah. you do <laughs> like so a uh, pretty uh pretty quiet mood there in the locker room are you playing like luther vandros uh <laughs> Maybe some soft rock. I don't know. What do you got going in the locker room? Like, actually, it's dead silent, and you're no longer a part of this organization. Right. They're like, we will be escorting you out the door. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, I think that's a really good note to end on. because, um, Yeah. So do you have any final parting words, Josh? Um. No. However, I will say, I will just open this up. If anyone ever sees me on Twitter at on Josh, by the way, you never, never gave me a plug. In the oh yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, episode. Josh, what would you like to plug? Uh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at on Josh on for everything else. But if you see me on Twitter uh, and you're curious about something or you want to just shoot the SHIT with me, let's do it. Like I'm open. You want to ask me questions? I'm open. Like I'm, I'm pretty, pretty laid back you can speak to this like am i just blowing smoke okay no you're not i would tell you i would be laughing at you i'm really bad (laughs) about hiding how i feel about people (laughs) i think it's that western chicago suburb oh for sure oh for sure I'm, i'm terrible at it too yes my theme music is one light by nick wilkinson and the featured players you can find their latest album live volume one on Bandcamp and Spotify. Live Volume 1 was recorded in front of a live audience on May 26, 2017 at Jilly's Music Room in Akron, Ohio.